Hi guys, I'm André Villas-Boas, listening to Echoes of Glory. And don't forget, whatever happens, the future is bright, the future is lily white. Come on, your spurs. Hello and welcome to Echoes of Glory, season 12, episode 20. I'm ASD. And I'm Jack. We, we just beat West Ham, Jack. Was it? I mean... This is one of my least favourite games of the season because yeah. there is nothing to win, right? If we lose, yeah. it's everything to lose. If we win, it's it's expected. We should be beating that lot every season. I don't care. For the next 100 years, we should be beating that lot. And we have beaten them, but it was a little bit dour, a little bit miserable in the first half, right? It was, excuse me, but I mean, I went into this game and normally over the last five or six years, probably even a little bit longer than that, I've always gone into the West Ham home game with quite a bit of anxiety and stress, just being like, this is going to be an awkward game and they're going to make it the type of game that they want, not what we want, and it's just going to be difficult. I was. This is probably the most relaxed I've gone into playing them at home for a number of years. Um, they don't really carry much of a goal for it anymore and they're not particularly solid at the back. So I went into it thinking, if we're... Seven out of ten, you know, all over the park. We'll 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 get a fairly comfortable win. And even at half time, I didn't I didn't think we played fantastic in the first half. Um, we just lacked that little bit of oomph and that little bit of electricity in the final third. But I thought the rest of our play was fine. Like they, at no point did I think that they looked like scoring. And I wasn't thinking, cool, we're hanging on, you know, for 10, 15 minutes here. Like we were we were pretty comfortable. I must say, the two lads in the centre of the park for us. Hoibs and Skip were just like they were fantastic. And maybe we could talk about Skip in, in a minute, but the maturity he showed after getting an early yellow card was just sensational. Um but I thought it was sort of the the Spurs that we've come to know really this season that were a little bit slow out the blocks and then get to half time and then we open up and we take a little bit more risks on the ball in the second half. And I thought second half we played well. I didn't think we were absolutely incredible, but but I didn't think we needed to be really. It was just about can we move the ball a bit quicker? Can we get 15 yards higher up? I thought Kane was a lot more involved second half. And then all of a sudden you start linking, playing, creating more. So I thought we were comfortable winners. Like I think I put that in one of our chats. Like It just felt very comfortable soon, especially when it went 1-0. I was just like, we're not going to mess it up from here. Um, so really, really pleasing. A good win. We needed it after... Leicester and Milan, we needed to get a, a, a solid win today. Um, puts us back in the top four, you know, all steam ahead for, for Chelsea next week, which is an absolutely massive game. That's okay. Let's talk about Skip. He's, you covered a lot, but let's talk about Skip. He's only 22. Oh. Chucked into it with Saar, a person he doesn't know anything about. Like, I'd have more confidence if it was him and Winks in the middle, just purely because mm. they, they've played together for years. Well, they should, they, they've known each other for years, but him and Saar did a good job in the week against AC Milan. Yeah, yeah, I, I thought the two of them were, were outstanding. I mean, we didn't create really anything in that game against Milan. Um, and you're not really expecting Skip and Saar as your midfield pairing to do that. And in the system we play, you're not really relying on the central midfielders to create too much. But I thought they, they did incredibly well, given Champions League, San Siro, like how many experienced players? Well, the experienced players that did play for us, I thought really struggled. I thought like Dyer, Romero, I didn't think that Sun had a particularly great game. Kane was quite awesome. Like the players that you're sort you'd sort of be looking at in Milan going, Can you carry the youngsters through? I actually thought it it went more the other way. Mm. Um the things that impressed me so much about Skip and Sar in Milan was uh 
one nil down it was considered about the seventh or the eighth minute didn't we and we were under it for the first 20 minutes we were really like we need to just stay in the tie here and at that point in the game it's very easy I think for any footballer if you're playing centre midfield to basically hide and and let your centre half play direct and you know just try and play off for second balls and you know that kind of but there were moments where Skip and Saar one two men on them going and getting the ball off the centre halves on the half turn trying to play forward they couldn't always do it but to have that arrogance, you know, and, and that's a, a mean that in a good way. Have the arrogance yeah. as a 22 year old, you know, I'm starting my first Champions League game with let an early goal win. I don't care, give me the ball. Was just like I couldn't quite believe what I was watching. Um, so really, really solid performances. I said we we were let down really. I thought by the experienced players, but we're still in the tie. We should we should be gone. It should have been two nil, maybe even three nil. They missed a couple of really good chances at the end. So. Really, we would probably have taken that. After an hour, I was sitting there thinking, let's just get out of here and be in the tie. Um, all, all we've got to do, I say all we've got to do, we've just got to beat them at home. You know, if we can, if we beat them, we're through, um, mm. which is, you know, you take that before the tie starts, you know, win your home game and you'll get through because away goals aren't a thing anymore, are they? So mm. I thought that the two of them did really, really well. Um, as a side, we struggled, but it's a Champions League knockout game. And I know there was a lot of people saying, oh, this Milan team are no good. You know, they're hard. Peter Crouch and they're hardly well beat. And I, I, I take all of that. But you're in a knockout Champions League game. Like, you're not going to just turn up and team's going to roll over. It's just not going to happen at that level. Um, and that's been reflected in all of the games. Like, Chelsea went and lost to Dortmund. Yeah. You know, and I know Dortmund are a good side. But again, like, no away game in Europe is easy. So yeah. I thought that we did well to stay in the tie. Um and I am optimistic that we can beat them at home. Whether or not we do is is nothing. But I'm optimistic that we can beat them at home. What what did you make of it, Milan? Yeah, it was one. Of the, it didn't feel like it was good for anyone. Like they'll be happier than us, right? It was just that one nil. But it felt a little bit like there's an opportunity there. They've got some injuries. We 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 we've got some injuries. They're not very good. We're not very good. But they, it felt like they they just tipped that. And but I think it. Well, I don't know, because if they come and play really defensively, that it, that's not a good situation for us. It'd be interesting mm. to see tactically how we set up against them, because that'll be it'd be really tough if they just set up defensively to play on the counter. I'm not sure they can play on the counter if they're going to play Giroud up front, but it's not the end of the world. We've been in worse predicaments. Yeah. So yeah. we will. By the way, we will set up tactically exactly the same as we set up every game. <laughs> you know, like, don't be under any illusions that we will go to a four-three-three, and you know, we will set up exactly the same way. I would love, I would love to see it. Like Skip Hoiberg, Hoiberg can't play, can he? No, Hoiberg yeah, you know, yeah, can't play. The second leg, yeah. Skip Saar, Hoiberg, Kuruszewski, Kane, Son, and just play four at the back and go for it. Oh, we don't need more than four at the back. Let's just go for them. But uh, we obviously won. I'd love it if Stellini just went, just broke the rules with the boss and just went well, for it. Well, it was, I mean, it felt like, it would have been Conte's decision, but it felt like a big moment for Richarlison to start today. Mm. Um, which, I'll be honest with you, like, I, when I saw the team, I was happy to see that. Mm. I don't, the Sun's not been playing great and Richarlison's not been given a run. He's not, you know, not at all. And, I didn't think that he was great first half, but I didn't think that really any of the front three were particularly great in the first half. So mm. I think he would have felt a little bit hard done by being subbed after. It was just over an hour he played, didn't he? Yes. Yeah. Maybe 65 minutes, something like that. He would have felt a little bit hard done by. But it's just classic, isn't it? Like, Son can't buy a goal. And he was electric when he came on. And he was absolutely brilliant. And the goal, 
Um, I think Robbie Keane said it in the analysis after the game. That's the son of last season. Making those forward runs, bang. Like before the goalkeeper can even get set, he's hit it. Um, so it's fantastic to see him back amongst the goals. And maybe maybe that's what he needs. So maybe he needs a few games where actually, you know, don't have the pressure of starting, come off the bench, you know. Like yeah, maybe yeah. that's something that, that could happen. Um, but I, I felt a little bit for Richarlison because he was sort of feeding off scraps. I mean, he'll always fight for you and bust the gut up top and, you know, really put a shift in. I mean, he didn't really have any opportunities, did he, to no. to even um, have a shot today? And I, people are going, oh, you know, there's a difference too when he plays for Brazil. I mean, yeah, he's been fed by Neymar and a few others when he plays for Brazil, but he's he's feeding off like long balls or balls from Skip and Hoiberg, you know, it's a different game. He's coming yeah. back from injury, he needs a run, he's barely played for us, just yeah. give him a break. He also, was, when he plays for Brazil, he's number nine, he's through the middle and, yeah. you know, he's got a, he's got a bit of licence to, but, but I actually think that tactically what's asked of our wide forwards is a lot. You know, they have yeah, to do yeah. a lot of tracking back, you know, and when and when he plays for Brazil, he's he's through the middle. You know, he doesn't have to do as much as that. So there's that as well, adapting to a different style, a different position. I think he's done done well this season. Obviously, you'd want for 60 mil, you'd want more return on goals. But I just don't really think that can really be thrown at him because how many games has he, how many 90 minutes has he played? Any? Barely any. No, I, I still think Kane behind Richarlison would work. Like Kane just Dropping mm. deeper. I know he wants to score goals. I think it would just, and it's, it's what you're saying. Like Richard said, is number nine. He is their number nine. He is our number nine. Kane is our number 10. Let's just play it like that for a little bit. Kane is the best pass in the Premier League. He's up there with De Bruyne. Why not? We don't have a number 10. He's one of the best number 10s in the league. Let him play. There's also, a- there's also no reason why Richarlison can't be. It feels like it's Richarlison or Son it, mm. for whatever reason. It's like, there's no reason Richarlison can't play off the writing games. Yeah, and, you know, no. like if you get, if you need to rotate and, and you know, have Kulisevsky on the bench and bring him on after an hour, like, there's no reason Richarlison can't play off the right. But it just it seems to be Richarlison or Son. And I'm like, I don't quite know how that has happened because Richarlison can play in any of those front three positions. So surely, like, you know, I don't think Kulisevsky has been fantastic the last five, six games either. So I think that he'll get more minutes, Richarlison, in terms of we've obviously got Champions League, the next FA Cup game can't be too far away either. So there's, there's games coming up where you'd anticipate he'll get more minutes. But I, I just feel a little bit sorry for him because it's typical when he gets his chance. We're not great for an hour. Sun comes on, opportunity straight away and the ball's in the back of the net. But fantastic for Sonny to be back amongst the goals. You know, like we all want him to be the player of the last couple of seasons. So hopefully this kick starts it. Yeah, yeah. We've got a week off now. The next game's on the 26th against Chelsea. We'll come back to that. Um, I wanted to talk about... One of my mates, so I've been thinking, one of my mates, his boy is just getting into football. He's he's getting it. He loves Tottenham. I talked to him before. He's the one who... Um, he, he had Pro Evo. Someone gave him an old PS2. Yeah, yeah, first yeah. console. Really recently, like, like at the end of last year. And he didn't add some difficulty down. He's been playing it on proper, di- like, full difficulty. So he can't score. But you can properly defend. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's really weird. Um, this was the guy that like he goes mad if he has a shot. Yeah, yeah. Like, I nearly scored. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's it. Um, but, and he loves Spurs. He'd properly get into it. And I was just thinking, imagine how much more you'd love it, and how much, how many happy memories you'd have if you were at peak Pochettino. And yeah. what was brilliant about that was we had 
Danny Erickson came up front and they just rotated. They moved wherever they want. They were a nightmare for everyone to pick up. We could do that with the, with a mixture of Kane, Kulicevsky, Richarlison and Son. You could honestly pick any three of those four and you'd have a fine front three against most teams. Definitely against this West Ham team who were terrible. But I would love to see more of that. We're very rigid in the way, in where people stay, it yeah. feels like. Um, Longley, I thought he should have gone off when he got basically knocked out. That was a bit odd. And I thought it was a handball as well. What did you think? Oh, yeah, I, I really, I, in real time, I, I mean, I, I was watching it on TV, you, you, I couldn't really see it. But when they showed the replay, like, I'm just, I'm never sure anymore because I'll be honest with you, I'm not entirely convinced on what the rules are. But mm. I just thought if the, it's in an unnatural position, then it can be given. And I mean, he's standing up and his hand's practically on the floor. There's no reason for his hand to be where it is. Mm. Um, so when I saw the replay, I thought, oh, that's a definite penalty. And then VAR and it was fine. So I, I thought it definitely, it was, it was one of those that I think if the on-field ref had given it, yeah. I don't think it would have been overturned. I think it's no. one of those. I think we're unlucky to not get it, but thankfully it didn't matter. Yeah, in rugby, you get there's two slightly different rulings which have a massive impact. There's like you have to give rulings for evidence against the onside decision or evidence for, you know, like it it, it, mm. it slightly weighs differently in how you make the decision. Uh, and then their side, I mean, it doesn't feel like they've changed up that team in a while. Uh, Antonio has been up top for a long time, it feels like, or Bonner at the back, Kufal, Suchek. It's not a great team, is it? It's the same thing. I've got quite a lot of mates who are West Ham fans and I've just said to them that I feel like West Ham have moved away from what's made them so good, which has been this tough to beat, physical, good from mm. good in both boxes, basically. That's what West Ham always were mm. um, under more, especially the last few seasons. And I think where they've had some success, obviously they've got into Europe, they've, had, they've got a bit of money. I think that they felt pressure to go and spend it. And they, they did, what, 130-odd million in the summer, didn't they? They did... 50, 60 million on Skamaka, the same on that Lucas Paqueta. Good players, but I feel like they've gone down the route of, oh, that's a good player, buy him. Not, what are we good at? What's going to enhance us further? Because um, I just watched West Ham and I and like I never felt used to feel confident attacking or defending set pieces against them. But mm. the game today, I was like, let's get the ball in the box, mm. you know? Um, so I feel like they've moved away from what's made them tough to beat. I mean, it just goes back to showing how difficult it is recruiting the right players. You know, it really, really does. Um, and, and let's face it, West Ham have overachieved the last few seasons. You know, for them to have, have been in it, they got to a Europa League semi-final. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And and were competitive in the league. Um, so I think, like, realistically, I don't think that their squad is as bad as what they're doing. I don't think they should be 18th. But... I don't think they should be a team that's, you know, in the top six or seven. I think they're a mid-table side, really, but they are underachieving. And we've seen it so many times with with, with teams. You have a good couple of seasons. It's difficult to get that back, mm. you know. Um, and, like, they do have some good players in that squad, but you have to carry a goal for it at any level of football. And, like, watching them today, like I said at the start, I, I just didn't feel at any point that they were going to score. And Antonio's Antonio's okay. He's never been a prolific goal scorer. He's been good if you get the ball wide, get the ball in the box, you know, play to his strengths. And today he was up there on his own against three centre-backs, tussling on the halfway line for most of the game. And it's like, what can you expect to put, like Antonio to do in that scenario? Mm. Yeah, I'm just looking at transfers. They've spent a lot of money. I totally forgot about Yarmolenko. He's gone now, but he was meant to be the next big thing for them, he wasn't He wasn't great. 
But I, I, I think that there's a point of this. I think if you look at all the t- Premier League teams at the moment and you pulled up their top or the biggest five transfers they've ever had, you'd be looking at all sides and thinking probably only one out of that five is any good. You might get two. But most teams, it just, it's so difficult to buy the right player. And I, yeah. I know we get frustrated when we sign players and, you know, it doesn't work out. Of course we do. But it's not as simple as you're playing FIFA or Football Manager and you just buy and you do a con and that's it. And then they're brilliant. You know, it's it's in any line of what I mean, you, you will have experienced it. I'm sure having people in your teams from that have moved from different parts of the world or, diff, you know, been in different industries, different backgrounds. And it's like it's not straightforward like it takes time it takes work and sometimes no matter how much time or work you put in it it's just not going to be successful um so i i still find it confusing that people think oh we spent x on a player it should be amazing they don't take into account anything else mm. yeah it's an interesting and we always talk about the people people who came from man united where they have one job and they were in title winning teams and then they move somewhere else and they're fine but they're at that level john o'shea wes brown players like that you know like it's fine um but different it's slight changes in structure can have massive impacts on the way that people express themselves and do things i have a look at stephen bergwine like he's got eight goals or assists in 20 games it's really good yeah. for Ajax. i don't think it would ever have worked for us you know yeah. and good luck for him like it, it it seems he's the sort of player who should make sense for us just didn't and that's fine um it's weird isn't it because it's almost like in football you can't explain it like in in business or in you know everyday jobs that most people have that are listening to this you can normally find the root of okay what's what's going wrong there but with football like it still feels like a lot of it is on a gut feel and just straight away you can be like yes that's a spurs player and it's like you how do you do you know what I mean? What's, what's your number? Like, do you know what I mean? Yeah. How do you get to that point? Whereas like, in business, you can figure that stuff out, can't you? You know, there's loads of stuff you can do. And you, but, but in football, sometimes you're just like, something's not right. And, but, you know, yeah. play gets... It's, it's Lukaku is the one. Whenever I think of transfer transfers, I always think of Lukaku at Man United. And it's like, he if you look at his goals, he performed really well, but it just didn't feel right. Mm. And that's all you can say on it. And, you know, and he left and was incredible inter and all that and he struggled since but sometimes players just don't fit and it's really difficult to understand why until you've bought them you don't really know so i think a lot of these transfers that happen it is guesswork a lot of the time will that one land maybe will he not probably it's difficult it's really difficult it is really difficult and there's so much we don't know as well and that these are uh, well, these are young men who are travelling across different countries, going to move into different towns, all of this sort of stuff, and they're expected to go and perform at the highest of the highest levels. Yeah. Uh, this is the ultimate elite level. There's no easy games in the Premier League. Like Everybody says it as soon as they come here. And you go, do you know what? It, it takes a huge amount of strength. These are just normal people. They're not like these superhumans. They're just young men who have trained and, yeah, they've got some sort of mentality and they're strong, but they're just young people. And they've just got to try and be part of the team that wins and only one team can win. And when you've got people like City going out there and buying whoever they want, it's hard to go out and perform, but I'm blathering a little bit. Um, no, but but this is as well, like, what's what defines success as well and mm. i feel like whenever i talk to spurs fans this conversation comes up all the time around like what is success for spurs at the moment and of course we all want to win a trophy of course we do i want to see spurs winning every single match we ever play but like success for us is consistently being in the champions league maybe getting to a cup final like like that's if we finished 
third or fourth and got to the FA Cup final this year, that's a successful season. And that's not having a small club mentality, but it's just being realistic. There's no reason why you can't do better than that. But like, if you look at the squad, look at what's happening with the manager this year, like that would be that'd be really, really good return for us to do something like that. But there's a lot of fans that are like, if you're not winning consistent trophies and you're not challenging at the top of the league, that you're not successful. And it's like just about being a bit realistic, I think. And that comes back to when you sign players, like what is success for a new signing? The mm. price tag, do you know what I mean? What they're delivering on the pitch in terms of their numbers, all of that stuff comes into it. And I think you'll look, there are some players out there that the price tag is so big that they will never be a success. Like Harry Maguire. Like he he will yeah, never, yeah. ever, no matter what he does, he will never be a successful Man United signing because that price tag is just absolute. And that, none of that's his fault. And then you go to the complete other end and we've got Hoybier, £15 million. Pounds. Yeah. What, a, what a signing he's been. Like, And I know he gets slated. Eric Dyer, £5 million. Pound. Like, what a signing that's been for us. And love him, hate him. I'm sort of in the middle with him now that I don't think he's a... Can, it can be a consistent player for Spurs, but it could be a good squad player. But if you take everything into account, that has been an unreal signing for us. You know, Ben Davis from Swansea, who today, by the way, playing left wing back, had a fantastic game, especially in the second half. He played really, really well, I thought. Uh, yeah, a cracking. Got a degree. Got a, uh, he finally got his degree two summers ago in economics and business. So he's obviously doing something right. But yeah, I mean, what a man he's been for us. How much did we pay for him? Like five Ten million? Fifth. Yeah, 10 million around about that, million. wasn't it? Oh, yeah, 10 million. Like, unbelievable. And he, he's just so concerned. I honestly think he's been a bit of a legend for us. Like, he's been here since 14, 15. It's now, that's almost 10 years he's been playing for Mad, us. Mad, isn't it? He's getting a testimonial soon. Right? And he, he just does, he just does what he's told to and he just plays really, really well and he's had a great career out of it. And, you know, got another assist today. I just, uh, I'm a huge fan of him. I just think he's he's just he reminds me of Gary Neville. He's just very consistent, mm-hmm. not the best player in the world, but he'll be really just consistent. And, and, and that's good. and that's again what I was saying a minute ago about success. Like I would say he's had a really really successful career, Ben Davis. Yeah, you know what I mean from Wales. How many how many national caps has he got? He must have what seventy odd caps now, maybe even mm-hmm. more than that. You know, I mean he's a, a main player in the Welsh national team. He's played for. He's played club football at the highest level. Seventy-seven. Like, great knowledge for me. Um, but like, what, like that? What a successful career! But people will look at it and be like, what, "What's he won?" Okay, not successful. But it's like, how, you know, I was, this all stems really from I've been having conversations the last few weeks about Harry Kane and what determines success for him, and does breaking the individual records mean more than going and winning team honours somewhere else? Um, what's your take on that? I don't know if I've asked you about that. What? Wait a bit. Didn't he win the League Cup? I think he won the ben Swansea won the League Cup in like. Let me look this up. I thought I thought that he'd left before then, but he might 2013, not. Twenty thirteen, he was playing. They beat Bradford. Swansea beat Bradford City five nil. Was he there? He was part of that team. Yeah. That's one more than Harry Kane. Harry Kane, yeah, yeah. But that's there it. Like, does one League Cup all of a sudden? Do you know what I mean? Mean that you, uh, you know, I just think it's a really interesting debate. And where are you on the the Kane thing? Like what, like option scenario A, he stays as Spurs his whole career, right? Mm. Doesn't win any team honours, mm. breaks, was already broken. The Spurs all time record, England's all time goal scoring record, and he's the all time Premier League scorer, right? But he doesn't win a team trophy. 
That's scenario A. Scenario B, leads Spurs at the end of the season, goes abroad, plays in plays for Bayern, Bayern Munich, yeah. wins German title a couple of times, a Champions League and two German Cups. What like what's more impressive? What's more successful? I mean, yeah. But for me, like it depends what he wants. I think he wants the. I know I'm answering your question. I think he wants that Spurs and Premier League record. That's what he wants. I think he wants it in the middle where he'd like to win cups with Spurs. But I think the individual things, because I don't think the Bundesliga would do it for him. Maybe a Champions League might do it for him, but. Getting, he's going to get the England one. He's got the Spurs one. He can get the Premier League one in the next couple of years. The I I can't listen to um, what's his face is on the BBC all the time. The ex City defender, massive legs. Richards. I can't deal with him because he goes on about it all the time about how he can't be a great player because he hasn't won anything with his club. Whereas he was a good player, but he wasn't a great player. But the only reason he won stuff is because he was in a great team of other individuals. Yeah. Like he is not a better player than Harry Kane. He will not have a better legacy than Harry Kane, even though he's won more things than him. Yeah, well, look at that Liverpool team, the one in Istanbul. Half of those players aren't better than Harry Kane and everybody in the world knows it. And so I think the more he can cement his legacy as a great player, um, the, the the better it will be. I don't think he needs to win a trophy to be the best player in the world. Like Messi, everyone thought he was the best player in the world, one of the best players that ever lived. I know he's won everything before he's won a World Cup, but now he's won the World Cup. I don't think it really makes any difference. Now it's just there's some weird thing that is sat, the media has satisfied the media. We all know that he was the greatest player to watch of all time. And the same with Kane. We know he's the best player that we'll probably see come through the Spurs ranks. He'll never play for Spurs. And we thought that would never happen after we saw Bale. But he's the best player we've ever seen. And I don't know. If it was me, I, I'd probably want a Champions League trophy. I'd want as many trophies as, as I could. But then with your boyhood club the, the other thing as well is is uprooting that young family like the, it's not just moving to germany it's uprooting that family we have a yeah. look at what that's done to conte like conte i think is a broken man I'm, there's a bit of me that wouldn't be surprised if he doesn't come back i think it's quite a convenient thing for spurs to go do you know what you're a bit broken mate like it's okay just yeah. you're off with stress just take it easy like yeah. this thing in your stomach that didn't just happen by accident just it's okay we'll get pochettino back for a year and a half like we did with you but mate there's no bad feelings yeah. you don't you're broken where, where, where are you with the Harry Kane thing I personally think that it would be a more impressive achievement to play his whole career at Spurs and break all the individual goal scoring records I think that's more impressive than hashing in at this point and going to a team that's a machine in a league that's nowhere near as competitive and winning mm-hmm. um for whatever reason, we hold team honours higher than we do individual honours. In, in We just do. And if someone's won a League Cup, that's more impressive than if, they, if they've won five golden boots in a row. Like It's more impressive that you've got your hands on the cup. Even if you were on the bench and you didn't even play in the final, Like that's something for whatever reason that, that is more impressive. Mm-hmm. Um, I personally think now that he'll, he'll stay with us. I think he had that opportunity. He had the chance to force it. He didn't. I think that there's not really that many places that he could go now um, in the Premier League. There's nowhere in the Premier League, I think, that he can go that guarantees winning. You could say that if he went to Man United, he'd have a slot. Would he have a better chance of winning stuff? You'd probably say he would. 
But in terms of the top honours, the Premier League, the Champions League, probably not. But the chance of winning an FA Cup or a League Cup, yeah, probably would have a better chance of Man United winning that. But is that enough? Is is going to Man United and winning two League Cups or two FA Cups, does that mean more than staying and playing your whole career, you know, and having all of those accolades that come with it? I, I personally don't don't think so. So I'll be intrigued to see what happens. But you were saying about, you know, he'll be the best player that we probably ever see. Um, I was with my dad um, on Friday. It was his birthday. Um, I can't wait for this. I can't wait um, for this. He actually, he actually, no, he actually said that he now thinks that Harry Kane is the greatest Spurs player of all time. And this was, this is a, a man that, for decades, if you even talk about other players, he'd just shut you down and say Glenn Hoddle. Glenn like, you yeah. can't even have a conversation about it. He'd just be like, you're wrong. You don't get it. Like, you didn't see him. You don't understand. Whereas now he's like, actually, you know, Harry Kane is the greatest player that we've that we've ever had. So I feel like, for fans of that era, do you know what I mean? Who were there when we, you know, won back-to-back FA Cups, won European, you know, were a really great side for for him. And he won't be the only one in that, you know, group of fans that's now shifting and is like, actually, you know, Harry is the, the main man. Like, what a legacy to have. Yeah, I mean, that, I mean, didn't Hoddle win two FA Cups and a UEFA Cup with us? I mean, yeah. that is pretty impressive to start beating that. I always think about this with Ronaldinho because it's the same with Ronaldinho. Like, I, he's the greatest player I think I saw, I think I saw him when I saw, when he played for Barcelona. Um, what a player he is, and he he won everything, right? But you go, he's not quite the best player in the world. You go, you have to just admit that there's some players who are just better. There's nostalgia and there's entertainment, but you have to go, Harry. I mean, how many players win the FA Cup? 25, 20, 25 every season. How many players become England's all-time goal scorer? Yeah, exactly. Their club's all-time goal scorer. And the Premier League all-time goal scorer. You you won't see any more in your lifetime that do that. You yeah. you just won't. Yeah, yeah, I completely agree. Um, so I, I mean, I think now that it will stay. I like I do think that there'll be a new contract in the summer, extending by another two seasons with an option of a third or something like that. I mean, if he signs, that will be him. You know, um, the rest of his career. And yeah, I, yeah. I, I and I do think that what feels now like the inevitable return of Pochettino will will have a big factor in that. And, I, mm. you know, I, I personally think that if Pochettino comes back, that he definitely will sign. You know, that, you know, they were incredible times and I'm sure they're still in contact. So there are some people that think it's the other way. And if we got him back, that, that would make some of our players go, oh, no, we've been there and done it. And, you know, we didn't win. But personally, I think that the connection that they had, like that would be the absolute icing for him for something like that. But I'm with you on Conte. I I I personally struggle to see how that man doesn't need some serious time off. And we're not talking a couple of weeks. Like obviously he's had ma- he's had major surgery. Like and he you know people that have questioned his commitment. I mean like he was on the touchline in Milan right. in the week, Mate, which is it's just mad. Absolutely I, mad. I challenge anyone to do it like yeah just you you go have major surgery like have your stomach cut open and a bit of you cut yeah. out and then come back and get on a plane so it's that it's you know being away from his family for such a long period he's lost three close friends in the last year like that's going to take their toll on it on anybody so yeah. i just think that he needs he needs a rest he needs some time off like you know it, I, I don't know if we'll see him again this season i mean everybody's different with this type of stuff um but i mean if he was to say look i don't i can't carry on given all that like no one's That's gonna fine. like do you know what i mean absolutely like your life and your health is more important than a football mm. team like and mate Christ. thank you 
thank you for what you did. Like it, yeah. it's cool. Like we all, we all. Get, and he's done. A, he's done a really good job well, with what he's well, been well, brought well. in to do. He's done a really good job, Conte. Like he what has. has he done? He's got us. He got us from the absolute chaos and carnage of Nuno into the top four. Like I think people forget, but how dire we were. We were absolutely shocking. And he's got us into the top four and we're there or thereabouts again at this point in the season. And he's done he's done what he was brought in to do, which was get us into the Champions League again. So I think if he has two seasons and we fin- and we have two top four finishes, he's done the job that he was brought in to do and he's done well. It's not been pretty. And I can't say that I've particularly enjoyed the rain, but he's done what he's been brought in to do. Sure, mate. Really not sure. Like, what more? What more could realistically? What more could he have done in this period? I mean, this period, he, he could have shown flexibility. He could have developed players. He's not developed anyone. He's not made anyone no. better. He has not shown any sort of flexibility. I don't think much tactical mouse. I don't think he makes substitutions quick enough. He's so rigid that he cannot be flexible and he cannot be tactical. We play the same way against everyone. He cannot control. The emotion of a team because he keeps on saying you know I don't want this team to go out playing like that well why aren't you sorting that out then mm-hmm. and that there is a bit on statistically he got us into the top four which was a miracle by all stretches of the imagination but this season it's been dour like I hate watching Spurs at the moment like I really yeah, hate watching it's bad it's it is really bad. bad I want a bit of a lobotomy so I can stop caring as much but that's how he's made me feel and football it if it's just about football, it's just about winning. Well, we're not winning all the time, and we're conceding all the time. And he and he complains that you know we're we're not getting enough people in. We've got people in, and even then you have to play with what you've got, and you have to manage a team around what we've got. So there's a bit of me which goes, he he got lucky with getting us into the top four, and that he is still here on his reputation alone because actually he's lost more games than AVB did in few games, and AVB went now AVB admittedly went because. Although he may have lost fewer games, we also drew more, I think. And the games were very, very, very dull. Um, to be fair, we had Soldado up front. Yeah. But it's reputation that's keeping him here at the moment because he's not doing There's not any. If that was if that was Scott Parker who'd taken over and done that to us, if it was Ryan Mason who was having this performance, it'd be gone. It'd be totally gone. Maybe, maybe. And I'm I'm with you on all of the points on developing players and tactically not being flexible. I, I completely agree with you. And that's been my biggest issue about long, long term is we've got a lot of young players in the side and Conte's not the right coach for them. Do you know what I mean? If you yeah. look at our team, you've got Romero, I mean, who's proven how good he's just won a World Cup. Um, Benton course, still fairly young. Skip, Saar, um, you've got Udogi coming in next year, haven't you? Um, the left back. There's a lot of young players there that that need that type of coach and that type of development. So I'm completely with you on that, that Conte is not the guy for that. And I think we've spoke about many times on this, like how many players in the Conte reign have improved? How many have got better? You'd probably say say Hoiberg has, but apart from that, not really any of them. So I, I agree with all those points. But then if you bring it back to where are we currently in the league? We're in fourth. Where did we finish last season? You know, we, we finished fourth. So I think in terms of the, if you break it down on that, the he was brought in to finish in the Champions League. He's done that. Well, no, we're that's fourth the, because Chelsea and Liverpool are terrible. Yeah, yeah. 
And we got fourth last year because Arsenal collapsed. Yeah, yeah. You know, and they and they're collapsing again. I always said they were going to do. I know they won late doors yesterday, but it's going to happen. They're going to fall off. They're going to get more injuries. So, we'll enjoy that. I, so I'm with you. I'm with you on all of those points, and I think we're very similar. That we like to think long term, and can you get someone in and build your young players up? Because we know that's the model for Spurs to be successful. We like that's what works. Going yeah. and buying 28, 29 year old players for 40 minutes, that's not the model that works for Spurs. So I agree with you on all those points, but I'll bring it back to I would say he's done, he's done a cracking job, but I still don't think he's the right person for us um, long term. But he's, he's, get, he's, he's finding a way of getting results, and albeit in a league that's not great, and you know, we could we be doing better? Yeah, we've had some really terrible defeats this season, but we're still there or thereabouts. So, you know, you've got to credit him for that, at least. I think he's done the minimum you'd expect from him. He's done the average you'd expect from a manager. Do you think? I, I, I've, I know what you mean. A manager is a so-called elite top manager, isn't he, Conte, with what he's done in the past. So you'd be mad to have not thought, oh, you know, we could really do something here. But I think given how good some of the other sides are, the top teams anyway, we're miles off it. We're miles off of it. So I think he's come in and done a good job. But I think that we're, I mean, we've been saying this for quite a while when we're back, Conte, that we don't think long term is the right guy for us. And I do think that a lot of fans now are starting to see that and that actually, you know, you do need to think about the here and now, but also where do you want to be in 12 months with the group of players you've got? Because it's not, it's not fantasy land. It's not FIFA where you can just go and buy 10 players. Like you have to work with what you've got. So you need someone That's in it. charge that can do that. Yeah, we, it felt like we sacked the woman of our dreams because we're having a bit of a rough period in Pochettino. And then we went for the bimbo get you results in uh, whatever Mourinho. That means. Whatever that means. Use your imagination. Uh, in Mourinho. And we wanted <laughs> that short term... <laughs> does what it says on the tin <laughs> and like you expect the short term it's going to be a bit miserable but it's going to be a fun ride and then that didn't happen then we tried to get the budget version and that didn't oh. happen and then you got the um and then we tried to get a different version of the same thing and that didn't happen and you're going oh maybe i need to go back to actually what was working i need to come in from the cold a little bit uh, and that's where we're at. We keep on trying this defensive manager thing, and it's not the Spurs way at all. I started to look at all our results, and it made me a bit miserable. Um, so I'm not going to do that. The good thing is, New, New, so we are in fourth. Newcastle are one point behind us, but their game in hand is Manchester City on on Saturday. So that is good for us. I um, think as well, like it, it doesn't surprise me that Newcastle are starting to drop points because they don't score enough goals mm. and like inevitably like to, they've got the best significantly the best defense in the league Newcastle in terms of goals conceded um but they don't score enough goals and eventually right? yeah they've, they've conceded 15 goals this season in the Premier League Newcastle but they've only scored 35 mm. you know we've we've scored nearly 10 more like the Fulham have scored the same amount you know, they've only scored seven more goals than Leeds, you know. So, like, yeah, you do you do need to carry a goal threat. And, you know, we, we've seen it for so many seasons that, like, 
if you're just rock solid at the back and you're winning games 1-0, that's fantastic. But eventually, teams are going to figure out how to create and score against you. And it's like, then what do you do? Yeah. So I think that, I mean, I, I can't, I don't think Newcastle are going to collapse because they've got that solid back four. But they need to start winning more games now. And if you look at them, they've they've drawn 11 games this season out of 23. I was going to say, they've only lost two Twice. games. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. You look, you look at that amount of draws... And you think, you know, if they if they scored more goals, they might have won three or four more games. And all of a sudden that puts them, you know, right up with United. Mm. That that's the difference. So it doesn't surprise me that they're starting to um starting to fall away a little bit. Yeah. Um but for, can we just talk about what an amazing season Fulham have had or are having? Yeah. Uh, and Mitrovic as well is yeah. injured. Incredible. They're six. They are only f- four points behind us. Which is just it's absolutely mad. Like it's Fulham. They've yeah. just come up. Yeah. You know? Really um they impressive. they've had an absolutely unbelievable season. Um it, incredible what they're doing. The team that make me nervous still about top four are Liverpool. Because they're so inconsistent, but you know that they're a team that could just win five or six on the bounce. And then all of a sudden they're right they're right in there again. You know, they're in eighth at the minute. They're seven points behind us, but they've got two games in hand. So, you know, you still have to win them. You still have to to win them, obviously. But, like, if they do, even if they took four points from that, they're only three points behind. You know, so they Mm. make me they make me nervous because they've got the goals. Yeah. You know, they've got that firepower that mean they could go on a run. Yeah. Yes, I agree. Uh, Man United's next game is Liverpool. That's going to be some game. Can we talk? Yeah. Can we have a a, a a comedy break to talk about Chelsea? <laughs> my word, my word. Do you know that they, twenty three games played, they've scored twenty three goals this season, and they've let in twenty three. They've, they've got zero goal difference. They've won eight games. It's the same as Villa. The same as Brentford. What is going on? It's the form though, isn't it? Since Potter took charge, aren't they in the relegation zone, Chelsea? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They've got like two two wins in ten, and it or is it even more than that now? It's worse than that. They it, they are dreadful. They've got more, haven't they? What bought more players in the last uh, last two years, and they've got one games this season. Like it, it's crazy. Okay. I mean, I, I genuinely like. I wouldn't have been shocked if there'd have been an announcement yesterday after they lost to Southampton that he, that they'd got rid of him. Um, I I think next week could be a nail in the coffin for him. I think if they come to our place and we beat them. Regardless of the scoffing, if they like, if we beat them, I think he could be out, which would just be, I mean, it's such a difficult position for him, isn't it? Because it's like it's the biggest job he's ever had so far. Oh Everyone sort of said that's a weird move for him. That doesn't, again, doesn't feel right. Doesn't feel like it doesn't feel like a Chelsea manager. But he couldn't have turned it down because you don't know no, if that do job like that is ever going to come up again. So I feel for him, but. They just can't score, and they spend all that money on all those attacking players. They can't score a goal, you know. And they, I mean, I, I saw the highlights of them against Southampton, and they should have beaten them. You know, they they missed three or four absolute golden chances. But it feels like it's the same. It's the same side basically as what he had at Brighton. It's the same, like all nice football, defensively pretty solid, but just really struggle to score goals. And you'd have thought that going in with better players, you know, you'd be able to do more. But, you know, it's a weird one, Chelsea, because I still feel, and I'm probably one of the only people that thinks this, that if that they are 
something's just got to click up front. Everything else in their game is fantastic. Dominate possession. They're 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 pretty solid at the back. Um, can all, they can be better, but they're pretty solid at the back. One of the better defenses in the Premier League. So all of a sudden, if you can just something can click and they can start scoring, you think they've got a recipe there to actually be quite a dangerous side. But how long is this run going to go on for? It's I've never seen anything like it with Chelsea. Yeah, I mean, just have a look at the the forwards they've got between like Mudrick, Enzo Fernandez, Broya, Sterling, Aubameyang. Got this Fofana hasn't played much, but Jao Felix. Like, there's a lot of players here who can. Con- they just don't have a great forward, do they? They're just no. really missing. That and they've forward. got Unkunku, haven't they? Coming yeah, in the summer from Leipzig. So, I mean, I can't say about. I've seen that guy play, but you know, the price tag, the reputation. You know, he looks like being their number nine, you know, and the actual focal point up front for the next mm. few seasons at least. So maybe that will be, but will Potter be there? Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, I Chelsea are probably going to have no European football next season unless they go on a really good run the last sort of 10, 12 games. You know, I mean, they're not even going to be yeah. in the Conference League. No. And FFP has to screw them then. They have to get them. They're doing City. They have to get Chelsea for the amount they've spent. I know they've done this eight-year deals for the amortisation and all that, but they have to change the rules and go and get them for that. Uh, so Chelsea, what's up when we play them? We've got them on Sunday. Yeah. They do have, looking at their fixtures in the Premier League, they've got us next week. They've then got Leeds, Leicester, Everton, Villa, Wolves. So they've got... a. F- on paper, a, a fairly favourable run. Five of those next six games, you've got to look at that and they must be thinking, yeah, we can get a result there. But then they've got Brighton, United, Brentford, Arsenal. So, you know, if they don't pick up results in those games and then they're going into that, you're thinking, oh, you know, that's, you know, yeah. I just, uh, Potter, it just doesn't feel, it doesn't feel right at all, him being there. Yeah, yeah. There's, some, there's been some big flops in the season. In the, I'm just thinking about all the players that have moved. Like, cause I was just thinking about Koulibaly and Cucurella. They've been crap, really, haven't they? Absolutely. Been, that Cucurella a... as well. Like, I really liked him when he was at Brighton. Yeah, me too. Weird, isn't it? Again, mm. different different tactics, different ways of playing, all of that. It can really have an impact. That's it. I thought Coutinho's drop-off was predictable. I really think that was predictable, right? I just, I mean, he, he did us right when he played for Barcelona not that long ago. And he was unbelievable for Liverpool, but now he just... Never fall in love with a lone player. <laughs> it's not worth it. What about you and Fernandes? <laughs> uh, right then, we have, uh, I did the quiz. I'll do I'll do the same one as last, last, last week, and we'll save the other one for later. So what I've got is... The how many goals they scored for us in the league? I'm going to give you two names. You just have to tell me who scored more. Okay. Uh, Gareth Bale or Deli Alley? They're all quite close, so it is a bit oh, of a flip of a coin. But Gareth Bale. Uh, I'm going to go Gareth Bale. 53 and Deli scored 51. Stephen Eberson or Emmanuel Adeboyle? Stephen Eberson. 36 and Adeboyle got 35, two out of two. Dimitar Berbatov or Aaron Lennon? Dimitar Berbatov. 27 to Lennon's 26, so close. Never scored enough goals, Aaron Lennon. That was the only thing with him. He didn't deliver enough. Crouch says he's 
criminally underrated. Like, obviously, I loved the man. He was well, he's very exciting, but there was always something a little bit missing. Do you know what it is? I think players that don't have pace always love players that do. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? They're just like, they look at them, they think, God, like, you're so good. It's like, you know what I mean? Because they've got attributes they just haven't got. And yeah, for yeah. Crouch, yeah, a, a right winger that will get to the bar line and then hang it up at the back post. He must have just been like, oh, my God, this is it. amazing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Celez or Darren Anston? Oh, I'm going to go Darren Anston. 34 versus 33. I feel like I'm sharing my screen. You're doing so well. Uh, Roman Pavlyuchenko or Jermaine Jenis? I'm going to go for Roman, Roman. <laughs> uh, finally, you got one wrong. Jermaine Jenison, 21 to Roman's 20. Uh, he scored 20 goals for us, did he? I know he didn't yes. play for us for that long, but... I mean, 10% of them were against Birmingham on the last day of the season. <laughs> um, Pitt Dempsey or Supian Vertonghen? I don't remember Dempsey getting that many. Like off the top of my head, I remember the United, the goals against United, the last minute goal in the snow, and he yeah. scored away in the 3 2 win. I don't remember him scoring too many others. I know Vertonghen wasn't prolific either, but he must have. I don't know Vertonghen. Six and Dempsey on seven. I, I, I'm the same as you. I cannot remember. Got seven goals, Clint Dempsey, did he? He scored one against City, didn't he? We might have talked in the 3 1. Do you remember what we scored? Yeah, 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 he did. He scored the first one, didn't he? Sliding in. So it's three of his seven. I don't remember uh, him. But I'll guarantee they must be like, oh, we beat Southampton at home 3 0 and he's got the third. That's you what Marnie was like. He was always the seventh goal yeah. in a 7 0 win. But he always said, I hated that man. Um, <laughs> Harry Kane, who we know is our top scorer, or I'm going to give you six players. Oh, love it. Modric. In fact, if you tell me how many you think he scored, I'll, I'll, I'll top them up for you. So, Modric, how many think Modric scored? Ten. Defoe? Oh. Uh, oh, well, that's a horrible question. It is a horrible question. Um, it's why I love it. He must have scored 100 goals for us. He must. Yeah. I'll probably crimi- criminally underestimate how many he scored, but he must have. Right. One of those is over, one of those is under. Klinsman? Not that many. He didn't play for us for very long. Two two lots for a year, didn't he? 20. Mora? You got on the pitch today, surprisingly. Why didn't, um, what's his face? The lone fella, come on. Joma. Well, I'm not sure. I mean, he has scored, he scored two hat-tricks for us, Lucas Mora, so I'm going to say 15. Again, under. Uh, Crouch in the league. Don't think he got many. Twelve. Bang on. Is it? Yeah, and add by your already asked that, so you should have a clue. Uh, was it it's about? Was it thirty-five? Did you say? Um, I'm wait, gonna say. Are... I'm gonna say. I'm gonna say Harry Kane. Harry Kane got one more than that lot combined. Mate, you were only three goals off. That is unbelievable. You were that honestly. Modric was thirteen. You said ten. Uh, Defoe only ninety-one. So you you okay. went over with a hundred. Klinsman was twenty-nine. You said twenty. Mora nineteen nineteen. Crouch twelve twelve. Adebayor thirty-five thirty-five. Mate, you smashed that. Wow. Wow. Good, good knowledge. 
The Klingsman one is always a weird one. I think he was a little bit before my time, but he's held in such high regard that when people find out actually how many goals he scored and that he was only with us for really, was it 18 months, that people are like, oh, like, you know, how can a player have that much impact that yeah. short period of time? Yeah, yeah. All right, let me give you two of the other ones. What I've done, I, great wastage. I've gone through when a player scored their first goal for us and their last goal for us. And what I want from you is, the greatest amount of time in between their first yeah. and last goals. Um, so Louis Saha scored three goals for us and Stephen Colker scored two goals for us. Who had the greatest amount of time between their goals? That's amazing. Um, we didn't have Louis Saha for very long. No. I think we only we only had him for 18 months, I think. Well, and he scored two goals in his first game, didn't he? Against Newcastle. Yeah. So that's about 18 months difference. And Stephen Corker. I mean, you've assumed he scored on his first and last games. I'm just thinking about it. I remember Stephen Corker scoring away at City in a game. But that that's was. Half. Sorry? That was half of his goal contribution. To Spurs, half his goal contribution. But I remember that game sort of being December, like a, a sort of around about Christmas time, I think. So his other goal, I don't think he was in the team long enough either side so I'm gonna go Louis Saha. Louis Saha scored three goals first one was the 11th of February 2012 or the first two and the second the third one was the 26th of February so only 15 days oh my god and he didn't score for like a year <laughs> no and Stephen Colker scored two once on the 7th of October and then once on the 11th of November so 35 days oh, um, this is this is great questions by the way I, I wrote this with you in mind and Last week I had Chris on and it was exactly the sort of thing that I knew she'd hate as well. Uh, just, just being on the podcast, I think. Podcast, yeah, she, well, I've spent the time well, talk she's sport. on TalkSport earlier talking yeah, yeah. about some garbage, not plugging the pod, so, you know. No. All right, here's a big one. So Ledley King scored 10 goals for us. We're looking for the difference between his first and his last one. And Jermaine Defoe scored 91 goals for us. So who has the great? There's 200 days in between it. But let me think about this. Defoe, so Led, Ledley, I think, made his debut when he was around about 2021. 20, he wasn't like a teenager thrown in, I don't think. I think he was about 2021 because 20, he had a couple of... Yeah, sounds about right. And he, then he retired, I think, at about 33, didn't he? I don't remember him scoring in that last seat. I'm trying to think of early Ledley goals. The one that stands out to me is like Bradford, you know, when he got the fastest goal because he, he, he was young then. So he might have been maybe 22. And then his last goal. Trying to think of him scoring. Did he score in the. I remember him getting one away at West Ham. So that's maybe nine years. Eight, nine years. Defoe, obviously, he's had two spells at the club. Yeah. That's that's the thing. How long was he away for? Was he actually away for all that? for that long I'm going to go Ledley so Ledley scored his first goal on the 9th of December 2000 and scored his last goal on the 24th of April 2010 which is a difference of 3,423 yeah. days during the film on the 7th of February 04 through to the 11th of January 14 which is 3,600 that's annoying what was Ledley's last goal have you got that just out of curiosity no let me have a look uh, Tottenham 24 April I remember I remember him getting we he got one at West Ham and I think we won we won two nil 
he scored a header in the second half and Jeremy O'Hara scored in injury time from about 25 yards. And that was the mansion kit. I have uh, Man United 3-1. It's the mansion kit with the yellow down the sides. Um, Gig scored a penalty. Oh, King yeah, scored he scored a lovely header, didn't he? Nani and then Gig scored another penalty. I mean, if he scored a penalty with his head, I'm impressed. Our team was Gomez, Bailey, left back, Dawson, King, Asuka. Oh, he's yeah, right back. The, I remember the goal. Wait, so Bale, we had Bale and Asuakotu playing. So that's why we didn't win away at Old Trafford. Bentley, Huddleston, Palacios, Modric. Fucking, sorry for my language. That is three. That is three central midfielders in Huddleston, Palacios and Modric with very little mobility. Bentley. Bentley. Pavlichenko and Defoe at front. And Good Johnson came on. Jesus Christ. I mean, Modric, he was right to leave, wasn't he? Bentley. Uh, oh, that you want was... a couple more? Yeah, go on, give us one more. Well, I'll give you a good one. Yeah, one that, rubbish. There you go. <laughs> um, Nasser Chadley scored 15 goals for us, and yeah. Tangi and Dombele scored has scored six goals for us. Oh my god! Undum, so Undumbele scored on his debut. He did. I was there. Which was Aston Villa at home. Yeah, good goal. Um, one 0 down, weren't we? Yeah, John McGinn scored um, for Villa. We come back and won three one. Was a job. And that was August 2019, that would have been. Very good. All right. I remember that because I was in America and I was watching it at the, at the Orlando Spurs Jeez, Supporters really, Club, really which was an experience. That, that was four years ago. Um, and then his last goal, I think, was Newcastle away just when they've got their new owners, which would have been last January. December, January, so 2022. So that's about two and a half years. Very good knowledge. We beat them three two. Yeah, and we went, we went, we were. It was their first game in the New Orleans, and they scored off for like two minutes. And you're thinking, oh, here we go. Um, scored no goal. So that's about two and a half years. I'm going to go Nasser Chadley. Nasser Chadley scored 15 goals. First one on the 12th of February 2014, and then the next one on the last one on the 28th of February 2016. That's 746 days. Endon Bele was 10th of August 1970th of October 2021, 799. So it was Endon Bele. Oh, that's tight. Wait, let me give you the last one. I think I told this, you this. This is great. I like that there's not, that it's not really easy. Like there's, there's like, you know, 100 days in it or 200 days in it. It's like, it's tight. It's tight, yeah. Um, let me give you one, two more. Lucas Mora or Luka Modric. I mean, my gut straight away has said Lucas Mora because he's played for us for longer, hasn't he? But what? when was the last time he scored? That's the thing. No, I'm going to go Lucas Mora. I'm going to go Lucas Mora. All right. So the last time he scored was in a 3-0 win against Palace a year and a bit ago, which I cannot remember much about at all. Uh, there are 1,226 days between his goals in 18 to 21. Modric was 1,228 days, so two goal, two days more between the 21st December oh, and eighth. That is right, insane. It's tight, isn't it? Right. Let, this one's still so Harry Kane or Gareth Bale, both of us. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it has to, it has to be, it has to be Bale. Yeah, it's 5,000 days. 5,000 days and 5,013 days. 2007 to 
21st of uh, to 2021, which Kane is 14, 2014 to 2023. But amazing. Have still, you got a list? Have you got a list of like the top five, like longest or anything like that? Well, I, like, did, there I, must can, be, I can find it. There would be some amazing names on that list because like it'd be players that have had two spells with us surely like like Eunice Cabal's probably on there yeah do you know what I mean that like, sort of stuff Pascal Chimbonda like these players do you know what I mean that not only have we bizarrely bought once they've bought them twice you yeah, know yeah. That, that you know they'll they'll be up there um I'll have to dig it out I was yeah. also watching match of the day last night and I don't think this has ever happened, but they were talking about because um, Emmy Martinez scored no own goal, didn't he? And then went up yeah. for a corner, and they were like, "Has a keeper ever scored at both ends in the same game?" Like, oh yeah, like that must have happened somewhere. But like, I can't, I don't think that's ever happened in the Premier League, has it? I don't have, think so. I can't remember. There must be a game. There score. must have been a mad game somewhere where that's happened. Yeah, I can't remember. But I was just like, imagine being at a game and you see a keeper, the same keeper score at both ends. Like that yeah. would just be, we always say, don't we? Like what are crazy things that you've seen happen? And we would say we saw Brad Friedel take a throw. Mm. You know what I mean? When you've seen goalkeepers score, you've seen, you know, but like seeing a keeper score at both ends would just be absolutely mad. Yeah, yeah. Can we um, celebrate? Um, I, just, I was just looking at the results page. I was shutting it down. Romero not getting a book in. <laughs> it feels like a goal now. <laughs> That guy is just, it's almost like he sets out to get booked and then he's like, right, I'll calm down after that. Right. Um, I thought he had a, I thought he had a good game today, though. You do see the difference when he's there versus when he's not. He's a great player. He's a proper good player. All right then, mate. Thank you. Good pod. Thank you very Enjoyed much. That. Good pod. Good times. Um, we're going to win. We're going to beat Chelsea at home. We're going to do one. it. Big one. Big one. But um, thank you, man. I'll uh, speak to you in the week. And, don't forget, whatever happens, future's bright. If you just anyway, come on, you Spurs. I always thought there was very, very many people interested in football, and I always thought that football was a very important game, but I never realized until today just how important it is. Whether the Wonder Boys of White Hart Lane are or are not the team of the century can't possibly be more than a matter of opinion. Well, they're the finest team in Great Britain and one of the best in the world. We are about the glory of the game. We are about playing with style. We are Tottenham Hotspur. The curve of the ball, the billow of the net, the beating of the trap and the picking of the lock, the swiftness of thought, the lightness of touch. We are Ginola, Greaves, Klinsman. We are the collective gasp, the intake of breath, the flick, the trick, the 30-yard free kick. We are Hoddle, Mabbott and King. We are the lob, the chip, the dummy and the volley. We are the hat trick, the scissor kick. We are Bill Nick. That is schoolboy's own stuff. We are the outside of the boot, the inside of the net, and those seconds that last forever. Van der Vaart to level it up. Raphael van der Vaart, 2-2! It's quite a game, isn't it always? We are Jennings, Defoe and Perryman. Glory past, glory future. What was, what is, what's next? 
We are Blanche Flower, Ardelis, and Bale. We are about winning with a flourish. We are about winning with style. We are about the glory of the game. Daring to try, daring to risk, daring to dream. To dare is to do.